going on, everybody? Cheers. Happy Wednesday and welcome to the With Her Two Hands podcast, where each week we celebrate the women who build, fix, and make the things that make the world go round. This series is all about celebrating the fact that the trades are an amazing way to create a life for yourself, whether you're male or female, and that women are just as deserving of a place within these industries and can make just as fabulous of a life within these industries. And tonight's guest is proof positive that there is more than one path to success in life. She is a young woman who has created a tremendous life for herself already at an incredibly young age through the trades, and I'm really excited for you guys to meet her. I'm excited to hear more about her story and her journey um, and how this is all unfolded for her. Um, but first, I want to thank you all for tuning in. I see lots of familiar names in the audience, so thank you guys for coming back week after week to meet these incredible women that we have on this show each week. Um, and of course, I want to thank our sponsors who help make this series possible. And uh, this week, we've got, it's really relevant. Our, our sponsors for this episode and for a lot of our episodes are just as passionate about getting more people into the industry as I am, as our guest tonight is in inspiring the next generation to get involved. And so ASE and CRC are two sponsors for this evening's episode. And ASE has been around since 1972. You know them probably for their Blue Seal certification of automotive technicians. We live in, or I live in the United States. I don't know where you all live. I live in the United States where we have no formal required certification for auto mechanics. ASE is a voluntary program. It is really the only thing we have to be able to show our professionalism, our commitment to our trade. Um, but ASE is also really passionate about helping craft and bring up the next generation with training, with standards, with programs to go into the schools and work with the young students to partner shops with those schools. They do a ton of work behind the scenes. Definitely something you want to go check out if you're not familiar with them already, uh, but they are crucial for both technicians like myself, uh, shop owners, and also consumers to know where they can go to find a technician that they can trust um, and to help make sure that we have excellent technicians in the future. And then CRC is actually a company that makes a lot of the chemicals and supplies that hobbyists, DIYers, and professionals use every day. You probably know the most through the name Break Clean. Um, and that is something that everybody uses, not just auto mechanics, but lots of DIYers and all sorts of different types of trades use CRC's products. Um, but what's particularly cool about CRC is that this year they have partnered with a couple of really awesome folks. I got to take part in this build. It is a GTO build for the future. So this GTO will be unveiled at Apex, which guys, this is coming up in two weeks like real soon. Apex is happening in Las Vegas the same week as SEMA. Um, for those of you in the automotive industry, you should be there. I hope you're going to be there. I hope to see you there. Um, but this vehicle is going to be auctioned off for scholarships and is going to fund 10 different scholarships to help young technicians get their start in the industry. And CRC is as passionate about getting more women in the trades as I am. And they have set aside three of those scholarships specifically for women. So very, very cool. And uh, I'm grateful for their support on this series. And I'm grateful for their support of women within the industry and of the industry itself. So go check them both out. Links will be in the description down below. 
But enough of me blabbing. I want to bring on tonight's guest. I think you guys are going to really enjoy hearing her story. And if anybody watching this has ever questioned whether the trades is a viable career path, whether it's something you want your daughter or your son to go into, this is the episode to listen to because this is proof that in the trades, we've got a career right in our own two hands that nobody can take from us, nobody can outsource, will never go away, and will always be valuable and in high demand. So with that, let's bring on Ms. Alano Wicker. Let's see if I can add you. There we go. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm doing great, chilling. I'm super, super thankful and excited to be on this podcast. I've never been on one, so this is a first for me. Um, super awesome. Um, how should I jump into this? Where uh, I you're, fanta- you're fantastic already. I love it. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for saying yes, especially since it's your first podcast ever. I feel yeah. so honored. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so tell the fine folks at home how old you are, what you do, and where you live, and then we're going to dive into stuff, but keep it just in a nutshell for right now. Okay, so I'm 24 years old. My name is Alana Wicker. I run um, Alana's Authentics Metal Art page. It's on Instagram. You can follow me. Um, but also, I work at Weiler Forestry in LaGrange, Georgia, and I'm from Hogansville, Georgia, super small town you know, one traffic light kind of place. Um, also, if you're looking for a job, <laughs> wilerforestry.com forward slash careers. We need more welders and we get no- new people in literally every day. So if you want a job, <laughs> you can come work for us. Um, but within Wilder, I'm a welder and I am a robot technician. So what my job really entails is building everything from small parts that have to read blueprints for to larger parts. I, my main one that I build that I have done a thousand times and I could do in my sleep is called the lift arms. So shout out to my willful bunchers out there from all the way from Caterpillar to the Wilder now. I used to work for Caterpillar. It's the same in one um, kind of transition at some point. Um, so, uh, if you have a willful buncher and you are a logger, I probably built that. That's problem. awesome. <laughs> okay. So for folks who don't know what that is, a, it's cause I am, I do not live okay. in a small town and I am not a, I, I, that is a different side of the world for me. So what yes. is this machine that you're talking about? <laughs> okay. So it is one of our like main products. We have like, I think. We have a lot of products. I couldn't name them off the top of my head. That's okay. Um, but the one that I specifically work on with my team are the Will Skitter and the Will Fill Buncher. And Say that slowly. The Will Skitter, like a wheel skitter. Oh, and this is your accent that's throwing me off, not the word. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Will Skitter. <laughs> Again, what does this do? What does it do? Okay, so the wheel skitter has a blade on the front that can move trees and debris and limbs out of the way. Um, the Also on the back of the skitter, it is kind of like, you know, from Monsters, Inc., They there's those little aliens that are like the claw. Like yes. it's literally a giant claw on the back of the wheel skitter that picks up these giant logs and they put them on to uh, I think a track fellow buncher, okay. 
girl, I don't need to, I needed to talk to my HR manager before I came up. <laughs> you just know how to build them. You don't necessarily know what they do with them. That's okay. I've only seen them like live action like one time because we had a site like right next to like where I work was actually being cleared off. So we were able to like take a field trip and like walk down the road to like go see them. And it was, it was really, really cool. They just kind of look like huge dinosaurs. Like the tires are like eight feet tall. Like, I don't know the actual dimensions, but they're huge. Like they're taller than me. So, um, and uh, you're building the claw part of it, the monsters and claw. <laughs> and no, I actually okay. don't. I don't build the claw, but some of my friends do on the other side of the shop. Um, awesome. Yeah. So what I do is like the wheel skitter front frame and the frames. I'm the one that loads them into the robots. And we have a guy who is the robot programmer who has programmed where the welds need to go. Okay. And, you know, how the robot's supposed to move and all those sorts of things. I'm spent below that. And I just... And the one that presses the buttons to let okay. them start. Um, but also if the robot crashes, I'm the one that has to climb up on the ladder and fix it and move it out of position, you know, to if the torch neck gets hit and bent, then I'm the one that takes off the torch neck and replaces it or bends it back into place. Okay. Um, those sorts of things are kind of what my robot technician role entails. Awesome. Um, I have asked recently if I could learn how to do the programming. So we're gonna cross our fingers and pray about that. Awesome. <laughs> I love so how did you get into I want to go back in time a little bit, but I, I'm curious because welding is originally kind of what got you down the path of of the trades. What got you into being a robotic or a robot technician and and working with robots? Okay, so I originally just came to work at Weiler, or and it was actually Caterpillar at that point. Okay. Just, if you think cat, like big Caterpillar. Yeah. Um, and I remember the like first few weeks or like maybe a month into me working, there was a position up for robot welder or robot technician. Okay. And I was like, that's super cool. And I like put my name in the hat. And obviously, since I was so like brand new, they didn't they didn't obviously for that position at that point but I was like that's cool and I kind of got to see the other guys do it and like was interested and um by the time that I had kind of gotten my legs under myself you know with actually manually welding and understanding the quality that they were looking for um I was kind of like hey can I learn how to do that there was a lot of changes kind of going on um so I was eventually just kind of trained and okay. over time to learn how to do it just because I asked. I was like, nice. hey, can I do that? <laughs> they were nice. all like, sure. Um, <laughs> so, and I think at that point they trusted me enough and knew that I could, I was capable. I think I, I proved my worth to them to let them know, like, I'm not here just to look cute. You know, I'm here okay. to get stuff done and learn things and do my best. Um, and it worked. <laughs> Um, I mean, so that's the way to do it. Absolutely. That's fantastic. It's a testament to it. Oh, yeah. They definitely uh, just, there was a guy that left and then, hey, I was a robot technician and here I am. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, persistence is king, right? Like you kept asking, you kept poking. I'm curious what about it interested you? I think 
you know, we've got in our society kind of right now, there's a lot of folks saying like, oh, robots are going to put all of us tradespeople out of business. And I'm like, no, because somebody needs to fix the robots, right? Um, it's just, but I think there's a lot of resistance to some of this newer technology and like the thought of like, I don't want to learn that stuff. And yet you're the opposite. You were like, ooh, that looks really exciting and fun. <laughs> what about it intrigued you? So at first, like I said, I kind of proved my worth. I proved my worth by working on literally every single product on the line that I could learn. And I was like, all right, I'm bored. Give me something else. You know, like I'm always up for the challenge yeah. to like try something new. Okay. And like, obviously if I learn it, like, no, I can't unlearn it. So I was like, well, I can go on a resume, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but now it's frustrating at times and I would like to know more. So I'm better at the role that I'm already in, not necessarily for that money. I mean, it was a lateral move anyway. So I'm just able to learn something new. And I think that challenge is always something I'm looking for. So. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So you're, you're the, I want to learn something new. I want to keep pushing myself. I want to keep doing new things. That makes sense. Awesome. I love yeah. it. I feel the same way about the new technology. I think a lot of people are really hesitant about like electric cars and yeah. AI and robotics <laughs> and <clears throat> excuse me, all the rest of it. And I'm like, Ooh, it's something new to learn. Right. Is it like, regardless of how you feel about it in any other context, it's just new stuff. Uh Oh, are we losing you? Hello. I think I think you're frozen I'm a little bit for a second. OK, yeah, you're in and out a little bit. Hopefully your signal stays All for right. us tonight. Can you hear me? Hi. I can hear you. You're unfrozen oh, now. So I'm so sorry. Hope hopefully. Okay. Um, Hi. That's OK. It's funny. We're getting comments <laughs> uh, saying that it's Toy Story, not Monsters, Inc. that the claw is from. My apologies, guys. Mea culpa. But oh. I think there's a claw in Monsters, Inc. too. I think there's one in there, too. But anyway. <laughs> um, but, and we have another question. My brain. I, I know, right? I was right there with I you. I did though. get it's up at, at 5 o'clock. You can. Nice. And then we have another um, question. I um, comment down there. That's really cool. Yeah. So Kenneth is asking if these are similar robotic arms that you would see in, like, automotive assembly plants. Do you know? Yes. Okay. So just a little bit from what I know from automatic auto automotive, you know, automotive uh, assembly lines, you can kind of see where they do like, once again, it's almost like a claw where they do like tack welds on the side. This one actually has like almost like the end of like a weld MIG gun on the end. Um, okay. And the, the type of welding that we do is really, really thick. It's spray arc welding. So it's basically like MIG welding, just super, super thick. It's like hot lava coming out. Like, okay. Seriously. <laughs> um, and metal. So um, we have to have that thicker wire and bigger welds. Um, so to answer your question, yes, but no. <laughs> Same, but different. <laughs> Oh, no, you're freezing up real bad. I am so sorry, folks at home. We are going to see if um, we can get Alana uh, figured out uh, and get her Wi-Fi situated. It's uh, The downside of doing these live, of course, is that we, uh, we never know what we're going to get uh, from the Internet gods and goddesses and whether they're going to allow this to go smoothly. Um, 
So we are going to just chit chat here a little bit. Um, so far, I'm I'm absolutely loving her story and her attitude on on everything and just uh, the the teach me more, show me more. Um, I, I think it's such a testament to this idea that um, skills can't ever be taken from you, right? Um, oh, do I have an echo? Skills can't ever be taken. Ooh, I'm echoing. Technology is so much fun. <laughs> um, all right. Um, so my apologies, guys. Uh, again, hang with me as we figure this out. Um, but but yeah, it's this it's this idea that no matter what you whatever what you learn, right? When you're learning a trade, it is it is a skill that you will always possess. It, it can never be taken away from you. And no matter what else you might pursue in your life, no matter what path you might end up going down, you know, it is always going to be there for you. And we have a, a, a society now where so many people have been told that a four-year college path is the only way to go. And so it's, we have a deficit of technicians. We have a deficit, we have a deficit of, of these, um, of people who do the things that make the world go round. And so, um, it's a, uh, it, there is a place for people to make an incredible career for themselves within the trades. And, and Alana is such a testament to that. All right. Uh, she is saying that she switched to her phone hotspot. So we're going to see if that works. Uh, let's see. Um, I truly apologize, folks. Um, I love, I love doing these things live for the, the authenticity of it and the realness of the conversation. And, and so that you guys know, um, that this is, you know, we're, we're here with you live. This isn't being edited. This isn't being, um, tweaked at all. This is, this is real. So I love the liveness of it, but this is also the downside of the live uh, platform. So uh, I apologize for the craziness. Um, we are going to try to get her sorted out. Um, and then um, in the meantime, you get to just talk to me and listen to me blab about how awesome I think the trades are. And um and why I think that they should be uh, considered a viable option for for kids. I, it's exciting to hear a young woman like this who pursued this early on in um, in her life and um, and has been successful with it and was uh, seemingly encouraged in doing it and has made such has an made incredible such life, for herself. life for herself. Um, it is still it's echoing, still isn't it? Isn't We've got Alana back on, but we are hearing me echo again. I have no idea what's going on. This is embarrassing, guys. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I don't know if it's something on my end. And uh, this is this is going to be so much fun on the podcast version. We might have to edit this out a little bit. Um, but I appreciate all your guys' patience in this Um <laughs> We are chatting for those of you who are just joining us. I apologize you're coming in at an awkward moment uh, where we're having technical difficulties, but we are chatting with a young woman who is 24 years old. She is a welder and she is a robot technician. Um, she got started welding when she was just 17 years old. And, and by the time she was 
21, in, in her words, she was financially stable enough to be able to start, you know, making investments in her future, including building her own shop. And I think that's something that, you know, most people at 21 um, are not doing that, right, are not in that kind of position. And yet the trades offer that kind of career path. I know when I was 21, I was I was still in college. Um, I was going into debt while she was building her future. And, and I think it's ironic that we live in a society that tends to kind of look down on the trades and and look at them as a, a, a kind of, you know, we look at our society, our society loves a dichotomy, right? We, we look at things as good and bad and, um, and rich and poor, and there's white collar and there's blue collar, and white collar has always been seen as better than blue collar in society standards. And yet, the blue collar folks are the ones that make the world go round, right? And the blue collar folks are the ones who are starting out at 17 years old and by 21, have a great career path. And, and yet still we have guidance counselors and we have teachers and we have parents and influencers who still um, tend to not encourage young people to go into these kinds of careers and these kinds of trades, and especially tend not to encourage women to go into these types of careers and trades. And so um, having somebody on like Alana is really exciting because she's just such proof of what is possible um, as a young person, as somebody going into the trades of what this can look like. Um, and she's made it her own. Um, she's doing the robotics technology and, and technician, but she is also doing welding art as well, welding sculptural art. Um, if you are not familiar with her already, I will definitely have a link to her in my bio and definitely go go check her out and see some of her her really fun work. Um, I see a comment from Brutus, blue collar is the, is the new collar. <laughs> um, and it it's it's so crucial and it's so long overdue that our world, that our society come around to the value and the importance of blue collar folks because we literally make the world go around, right? Without the blue collar folks to fix the machines, to fix the equipment, to fix the robots that fix the machines and the equipment, right? Without those folks, our world comes to a screeching halt and we need these folks. Um, Sorted out yet? Are we good yet? No, we are not good yet. Okay, all right, you guys get to listen to me blab some more. If we are not able to get this sorted out, I promise you we will have Alana back on once we figure this out if we aren't able to tonight. Um, as it is, we've already lost a, a bunch of time with her. So um, I see somebody, Tony Striblin. Um, I'm not sure if you are related maybe, or it uh, sounds like you are familiar with Alana's life saying, um, Okay, so she followed Dave Ramsey's debt-free program, saved money, bought her truck, invested with her dad in flipping houses. She has her own welding shop and does her weld art welding there. Oh my gosh, right? At 24, guys, like that's so huge. I mean, that was like not a thing when I was in my early 20s. Um, it's so impressive. It's so cool to see. Um I'm not sure what what your role in her life, Tony, is, but uh, but thank you for sharing that and and bringing that information on. That's mom, 
That's mom. All right. Awesome. Very cool. Well, can, good job, mom. Um, you clearly raised a phenomenal young woman. Uh, she has definitely got her head on straight. It's really cool to see. And that means that means mom did a great job and uh, and dad, too, maybe. I don't know. We don't have Alana here to tell me yay or nay. <laughs> but um, let's see. Uh, if you guys have any questions for me while we're while we're hanging out here, while we get that figured out, um, yeah, it's it's very it's very cool to see this young generation. I I sometimes I get um, I get disheartened sometimes, guys. I'm not gonna lie. Like the the industry that I came up in, right? I came up in the automotive industry, um, but I know a lot of the trades have similar issues in the automotive industry, but I came up about 20 years ago and I, I had a lot of struggles. And then I see things sometimes feeling like they're changing, but then I'll speak to a young person who's experiencing the same struggles as, as I did. And I get disheartened and I feel like like maybe change isn't happening and maybe we're not moving the needle as much as, as I'd, I'd like. Uh, and I, I have to remind myself that change happens slowly. It doesn't happen as quickly as we want it to. Um, it is a slow process and often it happens generationally, right? Uh, the seeds for change get planted and they take time to grow. And then I meet women like Alana and other young women like her. And I'm like, okay, the seeds are growing, like change is totally happening. It's, I'm so excited for the future generations. It was really cute when I got, um, when I was chatting with Alana offline in preparation for this, this evening, she said that she was really passionate about inspiring the next generation of tradeswomen. And I was like, girl, you are the next generation. What are you talking about? <laughs> Um, which is me showing my age because for me, she is the next generation, but she's excited about, you know, doing more for the next generation after her. And I think that's, that's how this change happens um, by being visible, by being out there, by being seen, by inspiring other people, um, by kicking butt in your career and making um, a great life for yourself and showing other people that a great life is possible, uh, whether you're male or female in in the trades um so uh i'm getting getting lots of comments here from tony um alana's mom she loves to work with her dad she's great at designing floor plans that's awesome um and she attended think college and career academy okay i'm not sure i'm i'm assuming that's in atlanta think college uh and career academy was that um tony if you can respond if that's like a high school program uh, or if that's an after high school program, I'm interested interested to know. Um, let's see. We've also got, well, we're sorting out the, the technical issues. We've got a question from Kenneth who is asking, since my career has taken on so much more work and projects, do I get a chance to work on BMWs anymore? And do I miss working on them each day at the dealership? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I still get to work on BMWs occasionally. Uh, I drive a BMW and and um, so I would say that that means that I work on it occasionally, but of course that also means, you know, the shoemaker's children go without shoes and my car has 
always gone neglected. So I don't work on it as often as I should. Um, but I, I can't help myself. I do love working on BMWs. I don't know if I miss doing it every day. Um, there is something about doing the same kind of work every day where you get that familiarity, where you can do it in your sleep. Alana was saying about one of the robots she works on that she could do this in her sleep, right? That it's that consistency and that repetition. And there is something really nice about that. Um, but I am similar to Alana, for those of you who've been listening since the beginning, Alana was talking about you know, how she got into being a robot technician and how that started with just wanting to learn something new and wanting to continuously like do a new thing. Um, and so I am, I deal with that too. Like I want something new. I want a new challenge all the time. I get bored really easily. Um, and so I am always wanting to grow and push and learn and do new things. So I don't know that I could go back to doing it every day at the dealership, but I will say that it's really nice. And this is what I love about the skilled trades is that no matter what happens, right? No matter what adventures I may go on, no matter what risks I might take, um, you know, quitting my job at the dealership to start my business 15, 16 years ago at this point, um, you know, it was scary, but I always knew that no matter what happened, I was never going to end up, you know, homeless or living down by the river because I had this skill, I had this training that I could always go back to. And I, I could always go back to being a technician at a dealership if I wanted to. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about learning a skilled trade is that you will always have that. Um, and it can never be taken away from you. I can always go back. Yes, technology advances. Yes, I feel like I miss out on some of that. Like once you leave the dealership and you stop seeing the new, new technology every day, um, it, you know, a lot of stuff, it passes by quickly. Technology is changing so, so very fast. And if you blink, everything changes. And so it takes some getting back up to speed on the new, new stuff. Um, but it would come back like anything else, right? It's that that skill that you can never you can never lose that. Um, all right, we have an answer from Tony on the school. So in Lagrange, Georgia, um, West Georgia Technical College, and they allow juniors and seniors in high school to be educated alongside adults. That is hella cool. Um, so that's really interesting. I here's an interesting thing. There's, you know. A lot in the trades and, and in all of the different trades, I've heard this conversation happening often is this I idea that, uh, you know, high schools these days are canceling their trades programs and that shop class is being canceled all over the country. And, and yes, that is true, right? The high school I went to, my auto shop class was canceled. Woodworking class was canceled. They don't have any of those programs anymore. It is definitely happening. However, What's really interesting is in its stead, right, in place of high schools having these programs is a lot of these really creative solutions that I think almost sometimes wind up being better because instead of each individual high school having to have its own program, which is probably going to be poorly funded and not have a lot of resources, instead there are these collaborative schools that are going on. In Arizona, we have these, these um, kind of uh, West Mech and um, EVIT are two of the schools here in Arizona or in Phoenix, I should say, where you go to your homeschool half the day and then you go to this special trade school or vocational school in the other half of the day. And so 
all of the high schools send some of their kids to these programs. And those programs are like colleges. They are college level programs, but for high school age kids. Oh my goodness, we have a lot of back. Welcome back. I am so glad to have you back. Breathe. Breathe. I'm going to finish my thought and then we'll get back to you. And if it's all right with you, we're going to go past the hour mark since I want to make I sure am, we get to you because I'm I am laughing. Okay. That's all right. Don't even, don't worry. Everybody's super cool <laughs> and super okay. understanding. We're just happy to have you back. Um, but the, the thought that I was finishing, and this will bring us into, in, into a question for you. Um, but so there's all these really interesting programs that are coming together where multiple schools are able to to kind of be partnered in a shop program or an educational trade program. So rather than um, each individual school having to figure out how to fund a program, how to provide good career training, these kids are going to college level programs. They're graduating in their early 20s um, they're, or even younger and have all the certifications, have all the skills, and they're able to go out in the workforce and start their life now. Um, and I, I know the program that a lot of like high school kids are now going to, these, these joint programs, um, it, they're starting out so much farther advanced in their career than like what I got at my little little high school auto shop program, my dinky little underfunded high school auto shop program that they've since canceled. So it's sad that they're canceling these programs, but I'm almost like, it's been really cool to see what has come up in its place. And I think it's almost better. So I'm just gonna put that out there as food for thought, something to, to, to think about, but I'm interested in talking and now hopefully we, uh, let's see, how do I add you? There we go. All right. Hi. Hi. Sorry for all the technical difficulties. We have changed uh, computers. Awesome, welcome back. Okay, cool. <laughs> you did a great I, job improvising, by the way. <laughs> I've been chatting with your mom a little bit. Yes, my mom. Awesome. I love you, mom. That's why I told you. I was like, sometimes I just need a hug from my mom. And that's one of those moments. <laughs> so I, shout out to my mom. She was talking about Think College and Career Academy. And I also wanted to shout out from there um, that the counselor there, she's now the principal, but Miss... Um, I believe is her name. Now that I'm on a podcast, I'm forgetting what it is. That's okay. Jennifer, Jennifer Pike. She is awesome. Um, I actually mentioned to her that she, I was going to talk about her on here and how she was the main person that was like, you should totally do this. Like you're smart enough to do the dual enrollment uh, classes okay. and everything. So I was like, sure, I'll go ahead and do that. And then I was like, there's welding here. What, a, what the heck is welding? You know, I'd kind of uh, heard about it because whenever Think College and Career Academy first started, my mom was actually on the board. So she was like, hey, this cool thing. And I was like, okay, you know, cool mom, you know. Um, <laughs> ended up touring the place that I work at now. So we, we went on a tour and I was at that point kind of like very ground level of Think Academy Um one of their kind of like ambassadors where I kind of showed up and was able to get that tour and I got to see what they were doing. I was like, that is badass. <laughs> <laughs> you're um, you're how old at this point? Um at that point I was I want to say 16 or 17. Okay. So you're you're high 
like in the middle of your high school career? Yeah, like I think that was my junior year, junior. and then I decided to actually go into it my senior year. Okay. Um, so at the same time that I was taking high school classes, I was also taking college classes and the technical welding classes. Amazing. Okay, so so this program is for you to be able to take college classes or adult education as a as a high school student. And is it just yes. trades related or is it all? No, it has everything that, okay. the, um, that the college would offer. So you could take psychology, you could take oh, um, nursing, you could take, um, what is it called? Fire science, which is like fire, being a fireman. Okay. Um, they have uh, all sorts of stuff. They have like the regular core classes that you could take. Um, and okay. I think that was the biggest thing for me is I watched my brother who was awesome. I'm pretty sure he's watching. He's kind of like, Helping me through my little freak out with all this microphone stuff. Thank you, brother. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Um, um, I got to see him go through college and see the things that he was doing and how much it eventually cost. Um, and I was like, that's a lot. That's really a lot. And that's four years of my life. You know, as much as I had the FOMO, the fear of missing out on like drinking and partying, have fun, you know, like, you know, that college experience, I was able to kind of set that aside and understand that this is going to be my future. And what do I want my future to look like? And that was a debt free future. (laughs) Because your girl's like, I don't feel like sitting behind a desk forever and then like not actually living my life. (laughs) Um, So that's kind of how I was um, basically not pushed, but encouraged to go into doing something debt free. And obviously, my mom commented, and was like um, talking about the Dave Ramsey program that I took and just kind of learning the basic fundamentals to staying financially literate um, and understanding that I have to keep on a budget if I'm going to do I need to build credit, like those sorts of things. Um, so that's kind of a background of how all those things mixed into my adolescence and the turning of my own mind to what I really wanted to do. Um, in a, in a weird sense, I'm going to bring up a whole different topic, but it's kind of all mixed in there and why I am the way that I am. So little other little influences that, um, kind of just popped up over the years are what are, what were the things that I were, was interested in whenever I was a kid. And my mom could tell you that I absolutely loved the movie, The Grinch Who Stole Christmas. And it's like the Jim Carrey version. Okay. And if you go back this Christmas and you want to watch a good movie, go back and watch it and <laughs> look for him. He's going to be singing this song and he's going to be in his little den or whatever, his cave or whatever. And he's going to be singing this song about the, I wouldn't touch you with a 99 foot long pole, you know? And he's actually welding. He's welding. Oh. He, and I had no idea. And literally until like, two years ago that he's building the sleigh to go stole the kids like presents and he's welding and singing this crazy song and building this, this really cool thing. And I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> and that um, was your favorite movie. I feel like that influenced me a lot. <laughs> Wait, um, our influences come from all over the place. <laughs> yeah. so I have that, And just like from middle school, I would come home and I would watch, I wouldn't watch like, Degrassi or like whatever else other people are watching. I was watching like Mythbusters. I was watching Tiny House Nation and like watching these people build things and like explode things and weld things. I was like, those are cool. I'd watch Dirty Jobs and like listen to that guy talk about stuff. Um, 
obviously how it's made and looking into factories. I was like, that's kind of cool. Like, how do you, how do you go from this one little product? Like, how do you manufacture it on this huge kind of yeah. deal? So, um, so this is always, it's always interesting you, the how things work, the figuring yeah. things out has always been an interest to you since you were young. Yeah. So that's my, that's my, how do I figure this out? Like, you know, analytical brain, but then yeah. I've also got like the art part of it where I'm like, I just want to be wrapped up in colors and flowers. And I was in like theater and I was uh, exposed to stuff like that. So I could understand what like set design was like. I've got a really close, um, he's like basically my uncle and he actually is a set designer and professor at the university of West Georgia. So that's something I've always been interested in as well. And understanding that he helped me build a tree house and all that stuff from when I was a kid. So seeing those different kind of influences in my life have really pointed me towards the things that I'm interested in yet. I was scared of them. Yeah. So it's like, let me, let me do it. Like, I want to learn how to drill holes. Like, <laughs> so Talk to me about this, the scared of it. You were interested in it, but you were scared of it. What, what scared you? Were you encouraged when you were younger to, to do the taking? You said you built a tree house with your uncle. Like, were you encouraged to be hands-on and take things apart and figure them out or? Okay. So I've always, my parents have always encouraged me to literally try and do anything I've ever wanted to do. And like, I am extremely blessed and privileged to have them in my life to encourage me to do those things. So like I said, I've tried literally everything from, I, I was in this elementary school and I wanted to change to a magnet school, which was more focused on the arts. They went ahead and put my name in there and I got into magnet school where I was able to learn how to do music. And there was painting, arts, um, plays, those sorts of things. I was used to play the violin and guitar Me and too. piano and I was able to do all those things and, That's and awesome. because you know it's really really cool uh doing all those things and um I even was in a pageant one time and I was like there ain't no way I'm gonna become a model like <laughs> oh my gosh um so I like I said I'm really privileged to have tried all the things I've tried to realize I wasn't really wanting to be those things as much as becoming famous a famous singer like Taylor Swift would be super super cool um I just didn't really have the confidence or want to put forth the effort into doing those things um back to your question about like the fear of it I think the fear of it was um not only failure but looking stupid mm. <laughs> because I always feel so dumb and inferior when I have to have someone help me, you know, and that also leads me to my other point that I kind of have my little, my little points over here. I'm looking at it um, is not being afraid to ask for help because there's a lot of things that physically as a, as a lady in the trades, I'm not going to be able to do. So I kind of had to get over myself real quick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there were some parts I would try to pick up and I couldn't do it. Or there'd be sometimes where I'm frustrated and there's a pneumatic tool that somebody had cranked down too tight and I couldn't get the bit out of there to change it. So I'm always going to have to ask someone else probably <laughs> to get those things off for me. Just like, just like if I had a pickle jar. Like, you kidding me? I got to go get my husband to help me get this pickle jar open. Um, and just not being afraid to ask for help when I need it. Cause I want to eat those pickles and I can't get this <laughs> thing open, <laughs> you know, 
or I need this tool fixed so I can fix my problems and I may. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's yeah. that's interesting. I think that's those are really valid points. Like this the the fear of of looking silly or not knowing the the not wanting to ask for help like those are all things that i think are really relatable and i think a lot of people deal with um i think that's something that keeps a lot of women from exploring the trades um mm. if especially if it's later in life this like well i don't know i think that people are going to look at me like like i'm stupid for not knowing these things and and it's okay to not know if you yeah. didn't get trained in this of course you don't know right um <laughs> And and there are going to be things that you need to ask for help in and to mm -hmm. give yourself permission for that. But I also want to like turn the, the table on that and say that there are also going to be always things that you can do that a big guy can't. Right. Yeah. And sometimes it's a matter of size more than it is of gender. Right. Like, yes, you can maybe fit in a space that mm -hmm. one of the big dudes can't, whereas he might be able to break a bolt loose that you are not able to. And so there's it's knowing that yes, there are going to be things you're always going to need help in, but there's also things that you can offer that other people can't. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I can definitely see that in like, in my everyday life. Um, there might be moments like that where not just like physically, but emotionally, I would love to just kind of like, I don't want to boast or like brag about myself, but I would like to say that if I left my job now, like, a lot of people will be sad. So that's awesome. I mean, you've I love, made a place for yourself. Yes. That was the biggest thing too. It's like whenever I was going into some sort of this trade, you know, it's like, you know, woo and uh, it's, I was just kind of like, I can't be intimidated by that because this is what I chose. Um, I have fortunately found a really, really great job where I can be myself. I can be goofy and I can, speak to these guys almost like they're my brothers or my uncles or my great grandfather, like, you know, like those sorts of things. Like I have like work dads, you know? That's awesome. And yeah. The kind of grown to become uh, family and friends um, and supporting one another, like is the biggest thing is like whenever I'm upset or like when I'm get at, angry at myself or not being able to get that tool undone, I can like, go and be like, can you please, like, I'm struggling. And they won't be like, ha ha, you're a girl, you can't do it. Well, right. they would say that, but they would be joking, you know, they, and then they would help. <laughs> Are um, you one of the first women who's worked there? Have they had other women work there as well? Yes. Yeah, so I wasn't the first. Um, I, I know that there was at least two, probably maybe three before okay. I was there. Um, I just don't know because I was younger and sure. I just didn't start, you know. Um, but I was like the first really, really young person that I knew that was a girl that came on um, after some of the other people that had already been there. Um, sure. So like my direct team lead, Tiff, she's been there for, I think, eight years, eight, okay. nine, nine years. And she's she's our leader. She's the one that's. Oh, so your team lead is a female as well. Yes. Yes, Amazing. She's, okay. She's super awesome, super supportive, and she knows when I'm in a bad mood, and I know when she's in a bad mood. We can just kind of like help each other through that. <laughs> um, but so um, I also have a coworker. Uh, he calls me OG Lana, which is you know the original, you know, original gangster. Because <laughs> after me, there was a, a a lump sum of ladies that came onto the floor. Did I just say Katie's? ladies that came onto the floor <laughs> <laughs> um 
And uh, we have a, I think we have like, let me see. I want to say at least six or seven and they're spread oh. over um, a day shift and like over the weekend, we've got people as well. How large um, of a company is this? That's, a, that's impressive. So the original one started in Iowa and they're actually a paving company. And then we, he was, he, he bought out this smaller campus of Caterpillar in 2019 and it's okay. the forestry division, the forestry products. Um, okay. cause they kind of go hand in hand, like in, to make a road, you have to cut down trees. Sure. So I think that's kind of what they were thinking whenever they bought, um, this facility. Um, so, but it's, it's fairly big. And ever since we, he bought it in, uh, 2019, um, obviously the pandemic messed up everything for a minute there, but yeah. I'm very impressed with how they've gotten the business running and keeping it going. Um, just based on the older products, they have shifted the old older products and made them more customizable, um, for the customers. Like if they wanted extra backrest or an extra thing to put their drink in, like our, our business model is basically to make it as customizable as possible. Um, for for the people that are literally working inside of these cabs all day in the hot heat in the middle of yeah. nowhere, you know, cutting down trees. Um, so it's a fairly huge um, industry that's, um, I think it's growing in our, especially in at least ours, I know it's growing because of that customized yeah. customization of everything. Um, we've got new products that are coming out. Nice. Um, it's been the struggle getting like different parts, but um, you know, I think that's with anybody, like I said, with the pandemic, it kind of messed up a lot of stuff. Um, but being a part of those engineering builds has been really cool. Um, I've kind of gotten to be one-on-one -on -one hands-on with some of those builds and um helping the engineers figure out how to make things fit better and me just growing in knowledge once again that challenge of hey was this bent backwards or was this, or is this bent out of tolerance you know and since I have that experience now I'm able to like kind of implement that and they will come to me as the engineer and be like hey can this be changed like I mean even last week I was um, approached by one of the engineers um, Justin Blue, he asked me, he was like, hey, like, how can we make this fixture better for the part, the frame to fit into the robot and like, so it's more secure. And I was able to troubleshoot with him and just kind of shoot the crap and be like, what if we did this, you know, or what if we did that? And he, eventually he actually picked my idea because I'm the one that's working with the robot fixtures all day, every day. And what would that's be the easiest for me awesome. to fix? So. Do you, do you feel like it's like a non-issue that you're a woman? Yeah, it's a complete non-issue for me. That is I mean, amazing. Yeah, I think it's really, really sweet too. I've gotten to do like a couple of different, um, I don't want to say like media things, but I guess you could say medias things. Um, they would bring out like their marketing team and they invited me to be a part of one of their interviews um, for that are going to be displayed on it's already on youtube so if you want to look it up i'll put the link in my in my instagram or whatever um but it's just videos basically of like the weiler story and like you know the, all the different products and the and the people that are building them is what the highlight was about um um and why i was in it and was and they were asking awesome. different questions you know those sorts of things um, I think one of the coolest opportunities is that whenever uh elections were going on for 
the governor of Georgia, we actually had Brian Kemp come out and what he told me was super, super cool um, because they were specifically seeking out people who are hardworking. They, they were going to factories they were going to different places that people are working with their hands that are building America, basically. Yeah. And he wanted to specifically seek out a woman welder. Okay. And I was like, that's cool. And he then told me that they had already been to, I think, four other facilities that have welders. And our facility was the first one that had a woman welder. Interesting. So I was actually in the Governor uh, Kemp campaign video ad for like, for like two seconds. It was like, I was like, <laughs> oh, look, hold on. I was verbatim. Okay. My face literally was like this. Uh, so but I was super excited to be a part of that and like kind of have my 0.2 seconds of fame Uh, (laughs) hey you're you're only 24 your career is just starting I I have a feeling there's more than more than a few more seconds uh in your future you've got got, we got an hour going on right here already (laughs) even though I gotta get up at five o'clock in the morning I know you're tired (laughs) Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. That's so early. I freaking love, I mean, this is, this is toast worthy. I wish I were drinking tonight. Cheers. Well, like, I I don't know if you saw earlier, but I definitely spilled my drink. That's all right. We won't tell, we won't tell anybody. (laughs) But I think it's incredible um, that you've had such an experience where you, where you feel like it is a non-issue. That is such a testament to um this the generational change that kind of like really starts to happen and I know there's still a lot of places where where women's even your age are still struggling and still having a hard time but you're in a company that clearly values human beings regardless of gender and has had women before who've paved the way and there's women that you work with and that they've created an environment where you as a young person and as a woman have been taken seriously, have been given opportunity and where you're being, where, where people are coming to you for advice, just as a human being, as a, as, as a worker and not um, for any other reason and where your gender doesn't matter. That is phenomenally awesome to hear. So yeah. I'm so happy that you found such a great place. Yeah. How, how did you find them? And how did you get started with that shop or with that okay. company? So um, this is honestly the only and first welding job that I ever had. That's okay. Well, you're a baby um, so, still. That's and I'm okay. still, still going strong. I'm making good, good enough money. I don't know why I would really leave, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, because everything else is really far away from where I work or it's something I haven't done yet. That Once again, that that being afraid and having that fear of like going out and like doing something and maybe not enjoying it or just not feeling like I have the skills to do it. Like I have my certificate in TIG welding, but if you told me to set up a TIG welder right now, like <laughs> I have to like phone a friend and watch a YouTube video. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. But if you don't do it regularly, it, you lose it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest part of having that foundation of people who really are encouraging to you is super duper important. I have a lot of people where I started out in my welding school and I had a professor or still I kind of have him because he works with me now. Um, awesome. but he's, he's super funny. <laughs> so one of your professors is your colleague now. Yes. So that's we kinda, awesome. Kind of work together. So whenever I first started, I know that he was a huge, um, 
I guess we'd say inspiration slash motivation because he was so goofy and like once again he was you know supportive and he wasn't like you can't be my class you know he was just like you're here I mean I'm getting paid to do this so like um <clears throat> so please tell me he didn't say that no he didn't say that I'm just <laughs> okay <good. laughs> no but no he was really really great and and genuine and really it was encouraging and saying like even though I thought that I was messing up, he was like, no, that's fine. Like, it looks great. <laughs> I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> um, but so I've got, I've got people like him. And the craziest thing about how the world works is that sometimes like people just kind of end up coming into your life and you're like, this is kind of cool. Um, we, I have a mentor. His name is Mitch Kernoddle. Yes, Mitch Kernoddle, his last name is a little weird, um, but he, he runs and owns a forge. It's called the Eagle River Forge, and it's downtown Hogansville. And um, before I even got my job at uh, Caterpillar slash Weiler, I went down there and I walked in and I was like, I'm a woman welder and I want to know how to do stuff. Like, can I weld? <laughs> and he was like, he was like, sure, you know, come on in. And then he's kind of like a uh, I actually have a shirt that I made. It's called uh, Forge Child, and I made him a shirt that was called Forge Father. Um, so he has been a super inspiration. Um, he does a lot of art. He does giant bells made out of, like, gas cylinders. He does wow. railings. He, he did a moon gate recently, I think, for someone's garden, like one of those Japanese, like, fancy, like, circles of, like, it's just so cool. Like he does some really, 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 really neat stuff. Um, and anytime that I've needed anything since I started my little tiny shop, I literally called him last week whenever I was working on some railing. I was like, hey, are you at your shop? He was like, yeah. And I was like, can I use your drill press? <laughs> <laughs> so I took over this little tab that I'd made and he was able to like, like drill press these like holes and in, into my little tab thing in like two seconds. He had like, the tap oil and like everything was just like two seconds and it would have taken me 500 years because all I'm working with is a literal like a hand drill right drill, like a Ryobi rinky dink I don't even have it in Milwaukee yet you know? <laughs> no again no no offense towards Ryobi but <laughs> no but drill presses are a game changer uh we fi I finally broke down and got one at the shop and it's a dinky little one it's not even strong but I Every time I use it, yeah, it's from Harbor Freight. It's not a, it's not even one of the strong ones. And every time yeah. I use it, I'm like, oh, it's so good. It's oh, so good because for yeah. years I was using just a battery powered drill. Yeah, yeah. and you don't, so. you no longer have to use the elbow grease, like right. girl. <laughs> Absolutely, I feel that so much. I love that you have found mentors and that you found people who have who have both fostered and allowed and encouraged, but have also um, kind of modeled for you the ability to merge your like creative side as well as your tactile, like mm -hmm. how do things work? I want to problem solve, I want to fix it side and yeah. bring those two together. And that's such a really cool thing. That can kind of transition me into like my whole idea for my sculptures. So I'm sure you've seen <laughs> on my Instagram, the big giant flower sculptures. So the actual base for it is kind of, this is like a, the sculpture is a mixture of everything. It's my work, my creativity, the, and the more challenging, you know, like how do I do this type of thing? 
because I actually have some scrap metal. There are these round things that you can see in one of the pictures that you edited and put on your thing. Uh, yes. For this podcast, that circle, I, I got that from work. And I was like, you know what? This looks like a blooming flower. Like if you could put petals on here, this looks like a blooming flower. And, and that was one of the first things that I kind of learned was like, you know, how to switch out my wire and everything. And those circles were at the bottom of these huge, like thousand pound wire boxes once, once you ran out. And I was like, what do I do with these? And they threw them in the trash. And I was like, I could, if I had a well job, I could make some stuff with that. Like, what are you, why are we throwing the trash? So now I'm the trash woman. And I've told everybody like, when you're done with your wire, bring me those. <laughs> so anyways, <laughs> I had been thinking about it for years and I just, never had my own space to do that so once I finally finished my house renovation and I got my shop together and I was actually motivated and like pushed myself to do it I was like I'm gonna do this and I told my mom I was like I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna give it to you because I love you because you're my mom <laughs> <laughs> um um and so for many nights many nights over those five years I dreamed about how I would make it how I would do it because you cannot weld aluminum to steel and I was like, how the heck am I even going to do this? And the reason I say aluminum is because I use street signs. The street signs are made out of aluminum. <laughs> um, are they, so is I, that universal? Are they always made out of aluminum? Mm -hmm, because they're okay. lightweight. Um, I guess yeah. I guess also, too, like if you were to wreck into a street sign that was made of straight steel, it would probably mess up your car even worse. It's fair. I would assume so. Valid points. Yeah. And maybe I, I, I suppose I never really thought about it. So yeah. <laughs> and honestly, if you think about a street sign, you think they're like really, really small. They're no, they're huge. huge. They're huge. I'm like, what the heck? It was, it was crazy. Cause I went on a little field day with my friend Leah, who is at Bru bruised Reed studio, who you should totally have on this podcast. She's, she's <laughs> super freaking cool. Awesome. Um, we went, out and went on a field trip and we went to a dumpster, you know, just like girl, casual girls weekend to the dump. And sure. that's um, what I do on my girls weekends too. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Oh yeah. <laughs> we, just, we just went and like climbed in like, okay. Have you ever seen one of those like cement trucks? That's like turning as it's going down the street. Yeah. They had one and I got to crawl inside of that big, huge thing. I just felt like I was a snail, like in a snail shell. It was so cool. Anyways, I'm getting too. Um, no, I love this. This is like little like rabbit comment though. It's like if you have a kid who's at his child, like gets this excited about something like this, you know that a career in the trades is for them. Like this is, there's a certain type of brain. There is a certain type of energy that like needs to be in these types of careers. And you are that energy. You are that brain. Like oh ooh, I climbed inside a cement truck that's amazing <laughs> it was so fun so we went around and we were exploring we found like these giant springs and as we were going along i was like hey like there's a street sign i was like oh i was like those look kind of fun so i like picked up every single one of them that i could find and they were all different colors and they were jacked up they were all bent you know like you know it'd be cool to like hang my wall you know but i was like oh snap what if i could cut out and like make puddles pet not puddles petals out of it um and make my flowers i was like it's a freaking no brainer so um that's when i kind of began to build my base and that was like three years ago and if you talk to leah she can be like it took her three years to make that sculpture or like four years really because I'd been procrastinating it for so long. I just didn't yeah. have my space. I was 
you know, renovating a house. I got married, you know, like all those sorts you, of things. You um, were living your early 20s, which I think everybody, nobody will uh, begrudge you that. Um. Yeah. So I finally set my date to finish and make this sculpture for my mom for her birthday. So that date was June the 25th. And I actually got it done before that because that's her birthday's the 25th. Awesome. Um, so I got it done. <laughs> and I, I think the last piece that I was really stressing about was what was I going to use for the centerpiece? And I have another great friend who has been part of uh, my life since I moved to Hogan'sville. I was like really small. Um, and his name is Alan and he owns a place called Born Again Antiques. You can go on his Instagram as well and you can buy stuff from him, trade stuff with him. He is so cool and he makes lights out of literally anything. It could be like an old shoe with a stick on it and <laughs> a light fixture out of it. Um, but I was, you know, prowling the aisles looking for some cool stuff and he had these old like radio flyer wagon wheels and I was like if that's the right size like that's it and he had four of them and that's what exactly what I needed and I was like it's the Lord I was like it's the Lord Jesus like he's here so that I could put these on my sculpture so and the best thing about it is that it's their antique they're not made of plastic they're made of metal so I could legit just grind a piece down and weld it straight onto the sculpture and it was like the perfect perfect fit and I was like this is awesome so that was the basic completion of uh, my mom's and I was super honored that she wanted to put it in her front yard so we uh, took it over to her house and now people can like see it. we have this street that comes up um, right at to where their house is and even if you drive up at night your headlights will illuminate it basically oh uh, yeah it's reflective street, street signs yeah yeah, so I was like, that's another cool reason why I picked out those street signs. Um, but uh, those the street signs were a little difficult in my mind. That that brain challenge side was like, how am I going to connect these? So eventually yeah. I sucked it up and I went to Home Depot and bought a riveter, which you would think that's some kind of crazy device, but really you just use your gorilla grip strength. And I had no idea. I was like, and they were, it was like, I thought it was going to be like $200 and it was like 50 bucks. And I was like, I'm getting this right now. <laughs> so that's how I built my sculpture. <laughs> I love, I love that. I mean, I know that that's like a minor part of the story and what you built is beautiful and such an accomplishment um, and just a, a really cool piece. And, it, and I think it symbolizes so much because it is this merging of different parts of who you are. Um, yeah. But I, I love, I love that little bit about the Riveter because it's so interesting, like going back to what you talked about earlier, this like being interested in something, but being afraid of it. And I think there's often, you know, even talking about the drill press earlier, when, yeah. when there's a tool that you've never used before, there's often that like, I don't know how they do this thing. And then when you do it, you're like, oh, I'm like, that, that was, was that was easy. That's how this goes together. Oh, no yeah. problem. <laughs> right? like, I'm just going to tell myself once again, like I had, you know, I follow Harbor Freight and I tagged him in some of my stuff. And there was like an ad that came up. I think they had just posted like a cute video and it was an ad for this I call it a finger sander, but it's a belt sander. It's just like a smaller one. And a little mini belt sander. Best yes, tool on the planet. I literally, it's like gold. Oh my gosh. We love the finger sanders. If somebody steals a finger sander at work, it's like, 
hell has frozen over. I gotta go find my finger sander. So do you yes. have everybody calling it the finger sander? Well, yeah, so we're technically their community finger sanders, but, you know, we, I try to hide one on my cart, and, like, most people, like, you know, we try to, like, say, hey, I'm done with this, I'm gonna put it back on your cart, and they're like, okay, cool, and then, like, over the weekend, like, it'll go, it'll disappear, it, it absolutely just disappear, um, so, but regardless, I, I found this Heart Freight video, and I did not realize that they weren't just pneumatic tools. They, you can plug one in like a regular grinder, oh. and I went and bought one of those too, and it was like $32, and I was like, I've literally been struggling for almost a half of a year in my own little shop using my angle grinder to grind all these little things off so oh yeah mini belt sanders are the best things since sliced bread i don't care what trade you're in or even if you have no reason to use one if you buy one you will find a reason to oh, use yeah. one they're the coolest thing i absolutely oh, yeah. love them one oh, of yeah. my favorite tools <laughs> 10, out 10, 10 out of 10 tool to have shoot i'll buy you one if you want one for christmas <laughs> <laughs> but I think the moral, you know, the moral of the story, right, is that, like, just try stuff. Just try yep. stuff. Because whether it's a new tool that you haven't used before or whether it's a new trade that you haven't tried before or whether it's this creative idea that you have but you're not quite sure how you're going to do it, mm -hmm. like, just try it. And and for folks that are watching, like, go follow <laughs> this woman and check her out and see what she's up to because she is such a testament to what happens when a young person is given the opportunity to explore mm -hmm. in a supportive environment and treated equally regardless of her gender or their gender and given a chance and what what can happen <laughs> with with supportive people around you at home at work in school like, look at you. You've created this amazing. You're 24 years old. You have your own business. You have your own shop making your own metal art. You have an amazing job where you're respected as an equal, regardless of being young or female. You're financially stable, right? Like that's, that is so huge. And that is what's possible, no matter what trades or not. Like this is what's possible for a human being when given an opportunity. I also, the last person I really need to shout out right now, because I kind of got a little flustered about this whole like, computer microphone stuff like my husband is like like I love him so much because no. I was freaking out like while you were doing your fancy talk and I like you know hopefully fixing the technical difficulties I was like running around I was like, oh snap so he brought me in this uh, computer hallelujah but he was actually the person that bought my welder he bought my welder for me and I I was just like hanging out with him one night, you know, as we were dating, we weren't married yet. And he, and I was like scrolling through stuff. And he realized that I was scrolling through like different welders and stuff. And I was like, I think I want this one, you know, I'm probably going to save up and buy it. And my birthday was like a month or two away. Um, and not, I was not expecting anything from him, like huge or major, you know, it was like an old birthday, take me out to eat. I'll be good. You know, I'm pretty chill. I'm like a golden retriever. So, um, <laughs> so, but he has this surprise for me on my birthday and I'm like, I'm like, is he trying to ask me a question, question? <laughs> but no, it was just a surprise and he he got it from Harbor Freight and it was like on a super deal and I legit cried. So he has been one of my biggest like 
hoorah, like you can freaking do this. Here's the tools. And I mean, even, even to now, like you're saying like, oh, like you created this business. I would not be able to do it without him because he's actually an accountant. So he was the one that knew how to set up my EIN and like get it out to the state and like all this stuff so I could get that number and yeah. make my business account and like all those sorts of things that I'm not used to doing on a daily basis. Like I've been welding for five years. I'm like, I, sometimes I still feel like I'm clicking my fingers on the <laughs> keypad and exactly how to work a complete Excel spreadsheet. But <laughs> I, we're so different in that way where we can support each other and love each other through those things and that he can help me and I can help him. And, and the biggest, really coolest thing that I'm, last thing we'll say about my man is, um, he recently got a Tesla and, you know, Tesla's, they have to plug in the charge. Uh -huh. well, guess what? My welder is the same like plug in for, for his Tesla. So if I didn't make my garage, um, before we got married and, uh, before he got this Tesla, he wouldn't have any place to charge it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's super cool, super popular. So do you guys fight over it, over the charge plug? Uh, no, because he, because I'm usually asleep oh. whenever, and he plugs it in overnight. You know, I'm asleep because <laughs> I got work in the morning. Um, but I mean, the only thing I have done recently um, is it was kind of just strung out over my whole entire garage. I'm like, okay, I got to figure out how to like make some so I made this little tiny shelf like that goes on the wall where I can like wrap it around <laughs> there so I can unplug it and then plug in my welder. So we're working through that, you know. I, I love it. This plug's for my welder. No, it's for my Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think we're fighting over it yet. I think we'll yeah, I love it. I love it. You might have to have two outlets at some point. Uh <laughs> maybe I might start my own little school in there. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have to, this has been such a joy. Um, I, I know we could probably go on for hours here. You have to wake up super early. Um, it is, we're already way past our hour. Um, I do have a final question I, I want to ask you. I think you've, you've already shared a ton of inspiration. Um, and I, I, I thank you so much for sharing your story and just your energy. Um, I think you're just like the poster child for what's possible when when kids are given opportunity and support um, in all of the different aspects of their life, right? Some of us are lucky enough to have it in one area. You've had support in all of these areas of your life. Um, side note, all these people you've been shouting out, I hope they're all buying you a beer after this because... Um, <laughs> Um, you yeah, got and, some standing belts, <laughs> right? The love back and forth and the support for one another is fantastic to see, but you are the poster child for, for that. But, um, I want to ask you final question, um, opportunity to speak to the younger you. This is, I know not that long ago for you since you're young still, but, um, what would you say to little baby Alana? Let's go back to maybe, I don't know how, how young. What are just, your words of advice and wisdom? I would say, I would say, um, high school age, probably, um, right after, you know, attempting to be in a pageant, I'd be like, girl, there's going to be something so much more fun and invigorating than this. Instead of feeling insecure in who you are, you are going to be secure in who you are. Um, there will be times where you absolutely hate it, but there's going to be times when you discover so many things about yourself that you become 
proud in a way that you never thought you could be. Um, and girl, your future husband's pretty hot. <laughs> also, hug your parents um, super, super hard. Hug your brother super, super hard. Um, girl, I, I guess I would say work on your sculpture faster. <laughs> You are precious. I, I absolutely love it. Um, your energy is infectious. I wish you nothing but continued success. I have no doubt that you will continue to do amazing things as long as you keep that energy of, um, of wanting to learn more and grow more and keep doing new things and keep that amazing support system around you and, and pass that love on to others and help support them as I know you will. Um, mm -hmm. Congratulations on all your successes, my dear. Thank you for joining in. Thank you for interviewing me and I hope all the success for you. Girl going to SEMA, she's a super fine girl. <laughs> <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Maybe one year uh, we'll get you out there. Maybe. I would love Maybe. to come. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'd come. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> okay. Well, have a fantastic rest of your evening. And uh, and we will be in touch offline more. So we'll definitely, we'll stay in touch with each other. Thank you so much. And folks at home, thank you guys so much for putting up with technical difficulties, for hanging in. I think it was well worth it getting to know Alana and hearing her story. Um, as you can tell, I am, I'm totally enamored. I think it is absolutely just such a wonderful story and such a, a success story for what is possible in the trades, uh, what is possible when a child is given support um, at 24 years old to, to be living the life that she's living as successfully as she is. Uh, it's really cool to see. It gives me inspiration and hope for the future. And, uh, and hopefully we just see keep on seeing more of this in the younger generation. And then we won't need to do this podcast anymore because being a woman in the trades will be a non-issue. And that's, that's the goal, right? The goal is that it becomes a non-issue that I am not a female mechanic. I am just a mechanic, that she is not a female robotic technician. She is just a robot technician and there's no gender qualifier. Right now we're still the minority. And so we're going to continue to call attention to the incredible women who work in these trades because they deserve to have their stories heard. They deserve to be celebrated. They are often overlooked. Um, and this series is about celebrating them and hoping that in the future, we don't need this series anymore, that we don't need that gender qualifier anymore, and that women are treated throughout the trades as Alana has been in her industry, where it is a non-issue that she is a young woman. So thank you everybody for tuning in, for hanging in through all the technical difficulties. Make sure you come back next week. We've got another incredible woman we'll be interviewing for the next live candid conversation with trades women and on with her two hands a podcast. Of course, we also have archive episodes that come out every Monday. So two times a week, you get to watch with her two hands um, on YouTube, on Facebook, and of course, anywhere that you get your podcasts. And uh, please, if you like this series, hit like, um, hit subscribe, make sure you leave comments. The, the more comments, the more likes, the more subscribes, the more people will get to hear these amazing stories and the more we get to change what the future of our world looks like. I appreciate you all. Big thank you once again to our sponsors on this episode this week, both CRC and ASE. Links are in my description for you to check out all of the wonderful things that they do to help support the trades and the next generation. And for now, I will bid you guys a good night. Be good to yourselves, be good to one another, and we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. <laughs>